Welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Uh, here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. And I'm your host, Fred. And uh, today, as promised, is a trip to aviation's yesteryear with the soaring tale of a legendary hero, Captain Hudson, uh, produced by Audio Cinema Entertainment, led by Tim Knopfler. Uh, his group hails out of Southern California, and I think that uh, Captain Hudson, The Lost Minds of Paradise, a piece uh, we're going to hear part of today, may be the only uh, produced work they have done, but man, it is a great, great one. It uh, sprawls four discs, um, telling the adventures of Captain Hudson. First, find he is lost uh, with some murky uh, background as to what actually happened or uh, what he was involved with when he went missing. And uh, then a newspaper reporter goes out trying to find out what happened to him. So we're going to skip through some of the very beginning um, as we uh, introduce ourselves uh, to the uh, unwitting reporter who uh, goes to find out one of uh, uh, Captain Hudson's uh, good uh, traveling buddies. Uh, gets a couple stories recorded. And then we are uh, immersed suddenly in the world of Captain Hudson and uh, the troubles that he faces. And uh, that about wraps up what happens in the first half. And then... Uh, we will conclude with about what's the remainder of the first disc of this collection uh, next week when uh, we find out uh, what the Lost Lines of Paradise are and what this uh, disc is all about. And uh, you can find out more at CaptainHudson.com. But for now, uh, close your eyes, open your ears, and enjoy Captain Hudson. A man. These are the adventures of Captain Hudson. Our story begins in late February 1946. The place? Crescent Cove, California. Just outside town, a thick pre-dawn fog descends upon Mercury Airfield. Compelled by the red light and siren of the approaching police car, Captain Jim Hudson quickly climbs aboard a small airplane. Reaching forward, he presses the starter. citizenry, apprehending dangerous outlaws Oh, whoa, now. Hold on there, Wyatt Earp. Hudson's no outlaw, at least not to my knowledge. In fact, he's been a good friend of mine for the better part of ten years. But, Sheriff, what about that phone call? They said they had definite proof that now, Jim Hudson... Now, what about that phone call? Didn't it seem a little odd to you? We don't even know who they are. And since we don't have any evidence, we're just here to talk to a fellow. No need to go in, guns ablaze. But, Sheriff, we can't just let him now, go away. Now, Crowley, you're going to be a good deputy, but you're new. You got a lot of energy and you mean well, but turn up there, just, just past the fence. All right. But right now, we're just going to go in there and talk to Hudson, see what his side of the story is. So let's see if we can get through your first watch without taking a life. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. You can count on me. The Sheriff. Look at all these planes and hangars inside. I mean, how, how are we going to find him? We'll start with the control tower. The airport manager's a hunting buddy of mine. Name's Walsh. If anybody knows where Hudson is, he will. The tower, huh? Ah, oh, there it is. I see it. Pull up over there. 
next to the stairs. Deputy, don't forget your hat. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Sheriff. Who's that fella at the top of the stairs? I don't like the way he's just standing there looking at us. That's just... Mac Decker, friend of Hudson's. Nothing to worry about. Deputy, if it's okay with you, I'll handle this. Oh, sure thing, Sheriff. Hey, boys, what's all the commotion? Listen, Mac, he's got a hot tip that Hudson's tied into that stolen art collection. Come on, Hobbs, use your head. You know, Cap, would he do something like that? Sorry, Mac, but orders are orders. I've got to check it out. Let's go, Crowley. There's nothing up here, Sheriff. What would Hudson be doing in the tower, anyway? Look, Mac, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I'm a sworn officer of the law, and it is my duty to check it out. Now, Mac... You can step out of my way, or you can fall out of my way. Make up your mind. All right, Hobbs. Have it your way. But I'm telling you, you're just wasting your time. Let's go, Crowley. Mercury Tower to Beechcraft 209. Come in. Mercury Tower to Beechcraft 209. Come in. So good. It's not answering, Flaps. Let me try, Walsh. It's all yours. But push the black button to send. This is Flaps. Come in. Cap, I know you can hear me. Come in. Morning, Walsh. Uh, what's happening here? She's trying to get Hudson to answer before he takes off. What? He's still on the ground? Come in, gang, stop him. Hey, use your head, will you? Hudson will be 400 feet in the air by the time you start your car. Look, there he goes. You gotta come back. Nobody believes you had anything to do with the theft. Just tell me where that plane is headed. We'll have somebody waiting for him when he lands. Hey, you don't understand. That plane is headed out to sea. Well, maybe he'll head out a ways and turn inland up the coast. He could, but not in that plane. What's the matter with it? That Beechcraft came in from a long flight about 15 minutes ago. Hudson took it before we got it refueled. He's lucky if he's got 10 minutes flight time. Then he needs to turn around now. Here, give me that mic. Hudson, this is Sheriff Hobbs. I am ordering you to turn that plane around and set down immediately. Hobbs, I was wondering when I'd hear from you. Look, Hudson, you're only making things worse by running. Get out of my way. What the? Give me that. Cap, listen, you gotta turn around. You haven't got enough fuel. You're not gonna make it. It's okay, Flaps. I know what I'm doing. Cap? What's that? Cap! Guess I was wrong, Flaps. Like after all this time, Lady Luck finally ran out on me. Cap, come in. Do you hear me? Cap! You answer me, Jim Hudson. You answer me! Cap! No! Oh, dear God. He's gone. Some hours later, the sun has set. 
darkening the rock and tree-covered San Bernardino Mountains. After traveling the narrow mountain roads for hours, Hollis Berry, a nervous little man in a gray sedan, heads down the last 50 yards of a gravel driveway and stops in front of a secluded two-story mountain retreat. Got to be the place. Now let's see. Oh, how do they ever get these things small enough to fit in the trunk? Well, oh, I better move the jacket. For Mac Decker? Yeah? Who's looking for him? Uh, well, sir, are you Mac Decker? Maybe. <gasps> and then again, maybe not. It's a matter of who wants to know. Oh, my goodness, sir. I, I, I assure you, there is no need for that gun. I didn't catch your name. Uh, it's just, well, it's just that I... I said, was... I didn't catch your name, pal. Uh, the gun, sir. Your name? Uh, the name's Hollis Berry. I was sent to here to find Mac Decker. What do you want him for? Well, it seems he may know something about the disappearance of the celebrated aviator, Captain Jim Hudson. What paper did you say you're from? Uh, actually, I didn't say it, but I, 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 I'm with the Herald. A reporter. I should have known. Go on. Get out of here. I'm tired of you press boys coming around here and asking a lot of fool questions. Ever since Cap disappeared, you vultures have done nothing but fatten your bylines by wrecking his good reputation. Captain Hudson was a great man. He never thought about himself. He'd always put other people first. Besides, stealing an art collection is the last thing Hudson would do. But you blood-sucking reporters don't care about that, do you? Now, just... So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in this car, and I want you to head back down the dirt road the same way you came. Now go on. Get out of here. I want to see nothing but dust. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I am not a reporter. You said you worked for the Herald. I said I worked with the Herald. That doesn't make me a reporter. Yeah? Then just what does that make you? I'm the senior research analyst at the Examiner back in Los Angeles. You see, sir, I work for William Randolph Hearst. Well, I'll be. So you work for Hearst, huh? That I do, sir, and have for almost 35 years. Now, tell me the truth. You are Mac Decker, aren't you? Well, yeah, I'm Decker. Somehow I knew that. Why didn't you say you worked for Mr. H? You're pointing that cannon at me, remember? (laughs) Gee, sorry about that, pal. I'll tell you, I never used to answer the door like that. But lately, with all the press around, well, I guess I've been a little jumpy. Then if it isn't too much trouble, 
Would you mind waving that thing in another direction? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, don't worry. It's not loaded. Huh? Say, why don't you come on in? Can I give you a hand with that there suitcase? Yo, no thanks. I've got it. It's kind of heavy for a little guy well, like I'm you. Well, I'm small, but I'm wiry. So, what's in the suitcase? Well, it's not a suitcase. It's a, a carrying case, Mr. Decker. There's a recording device inside. A recorder? Is there huh. some place I can set this down? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in the kitchen. And now, the tune that never loses favor, here's Eddie Hall and his orchestra. Uh, set it right up there on the table. Yeah, uh, thanks. <sighs> Have a seat. Take a load oh, off. Don't mind if I do. You thirsty? Uh, can I get you something to oh, drink? Why, yes. A glass of water would be fine. Uh, the drive up from the station left me a little dry. All right, coming right up. So, uh, what's with the recorder? Uh, well, it's a part of the reason Mr. Hurst sent me up here to see you. Uh, here you go, Mr. Uh... Oh, Barry. Hollis Barry. Oh, thank you. Mmm. Oh, that's quite good. It doesn't taste this sweet back in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Fresh underground spring, I'm told. Now tell me something, Mr. Barry. Just why did Mr. Hurst send you all the way up here to talk to me? Well, several reasons, actually. <clears throat> now, first of all, Mr. Hurst feels terrible about all the lies that have been written since Captain Hudson disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I've caught wind of that stinking garbage those rags have been dumping out. You, none of which have appeared in a Hearst paper, I might add. Say, uh... What does all this have to do with me, anyways? Well, Mr. Hurst is just as upset about this whole thing as you are, and now the truth should be told. In fact, Mr. Hurst believes it must be told, and who better than you to tell it? Hmm. And not to mention that an exclusive would sell a lot of newspapers. Uh, true, Mr. Hurst is a businessman. But that's how he's able to provide mountain retreats for certain co-pilots who want to escape the limelight. Well, you got a good point there, Barry. I mean, it's not every day a regular Joe like me gets a call directly from Mr. William Randolph Hearst, now is it? Definitely not. But he just couldn't sit idly by while you were being hounded by the press. Hey, listen, I I'll tell you, I'm real thankful he's given me this place to steer clear of those reporters. Yep, Mr. Hearst has been mighty generous to me. Now, Mr. Decker. Please, we please, just Mac. Oh, okay, uh, Mac. I can assure you that Mr. Hurst is offering this chance to clear Captain Hudson's name, in the press, mind you, out of loyalty to him as a true friend. He feels it's the least he could do after everything that Captain Hudson has done for him. Yeah, boy, you said a mouthful. Uh, some more water there, pal? Oh, please, if that's not too much trouble. I guess I was pretty thirsty. Uh, judging uh, from the articles I've seen, it's amazing how quickly the public has forgotten. Or how much. Exactly. Uh, Hudson has set world records. He's changed people's lives. How about all the boys he flew to safety during the war? Yeah, that's stuff you can get from any two-bit newsreel at the corner of Bijou. Let me tell you something, Barry. Nobody brings up the time he rescued all those kids from that forest fire back in 37. Or how about that little flight right before the Hindenburg went up? How about that? Or or, or when FDR needed an emergency charter to... That's right, Mr. Decker. I, I mean, uh, Mac. Listen... You know the real stories of Captain Hudson, his, his adventures, who he really was. Face it, you were there. And, and maybe, just maybe, through your recounting of those events, 
we might just get a clue as to what really did happen to him. If he disappeared or is he, well, you know, anyway. So, so is that what you want me to do? You, you want me to tell my story into the recorder? Yes, that's precisely what Mr. Hurst was thinking. What do you got in mind? Well, perhaps if you could record your stories, I could return once a week to pick up the spools of wire. You see, the chief would like to run a weekly series on the real-life adventures of Captain Hudson. And they won't change a word? The chief will have it printed exactly as you tell it. Hmm. Well, okay. Okay, I'll do it. Cap deserves it. Oh, you've uh, seen her recorded before, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, quite easy to operate. Uh, first, uh, plug it into the, the wall socket. And then position the wire spool. Careful, the wire is quite thin. Oh, uh, <laughs> turn the power on. And uh, speak into the microphone right here. Huh. Piece of cake. Okay, Mac. You're all set. Um, uh, well... <laughs> I'll tell you, Mr. Barry. I don't have any idea where to start. Okay, where to start. Um, hey, since Hudson was a pilot, why not say something about that famous airplane of his, the Lucky Lady, was it? <laughs> oh, you mean the Lady Luck. Haven't you ever seen her? Uh, a picture, maybe? I couldn't say exactly. One airplane looks like another to me. Oh, well, there are all kinds of planes and a lot of DC-3s. But there is only one Lady Luck, and she was beautiful, let me tell you. What made that plane so special? It was a lot of things. Her looks, for one. The way she sat there on the tarmac with her nose high in the air. But proud-like. Her soft, clean lines all the way back to her tail. Her wings gently swept back from her silver body. She was a plane you could trust. You could always count on her two thundering radial engines to get you home safe. Hmm. She was a remarkable plane, all right. I really hope they find her someday. Now, tell me, Mac, how did you first meet Captain Hudson? I, I mean, what was it like in the beginning? The beginning? Well, I'll tell you, Mr. Barry, I, I wasn't there at the very beginning, so I'll try and tell it the way Flaps told it to me. Maybe some of our readers don't know who Flaps is. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, she isn't only a who, she's a what. Besides being a lady, she is also a first-class crackerjack mechanic, not to mention a good friend. As a matter of fact, she knew Hudson for years before I met him. So why was it they were on their way out to California? Well, see, Hudson was responding to a job offer from the West Coast. Flap said they'd been in South Carolina trying to make a go of the air freight business. Well, work had been kind of slow for him, and the money was getting pretty tight. In fact, if I remember... She said their hangar lease had just run out, so they were looking to the West Coast for a fresh start. See, he and Flaps really needed the dough from this job, otherwise his business, Hudson Air Cargo, was going to go bust. Uh-huh. So, so they must have been fairly excited about the prospect of success in California. <laughs> excited? Yeah, I guess they were. Now, as I think back, let's see, it's been uh, 1936, 40... Yep, just about ten years ago, long before the war, back before the, uh, uh, well, before we lost Hudson. <laughs> I can just picture him up there in the Lady Luck, middle of the night, probably been flying over three, four hours since their last stop. 
flaps would be up in the cockpit with Hudson fussing over the map, like she always does. But I gotta tell you, flaps could be a real live wire. If she doesn't like something, she has a real ladylike whale letting you know. This is nuts. Even a cross-eyed chimpanzee would see this is nothing but a wild goose chase. Flaps, relax, will ya? <laughs> You're just punchy from being in the air so long. I'm telling you, Cap, this really chips my prop. You know, we're supposed to land in Crescent Cove this afternoon, then turn around and take off tomorrow for God knows where and for what. We don't even know what we're going to be delivering, for crying out loud. Uh, what difference does it make? It's 15 grand, Flaps. But I don't like the sound of it, Cap. Look. Look here. Look at what this telegram says. Flaps. You mind taking that out of my face? I am flying the plane. I'd like to see where I'm going. And eh, never mind that. Listen here. To Hudson Air Cargo. Job still available. Stop. Arrive October 8th, Crescent Cove, California. For October 9th delivery. Stop. 15K upon final delivery. Discretion vital. No questions asked. Stop. Contact Castle Air Freight upon arrival. Signed, R.J. Castle. Stop. Who is this R.J. Castle and what does he mean, no questions asked? Sounds more than a little suspicious if you ask me. You know, Flaps, you're not being very optimistic about this whole thing. Sometimes you, you just have to take off and see where the wind takes you. Yeah, well I for one could have stayed right where I was. You know, good old Charleston was just starting to grow on Oh, Flaps, whose leg do you think you're trying to pull anyway? <laughs> what? The only reason you wanted to stay in South Carolina was so you could stay on the ground. Well, you know, Flaps. it's not Flaps. completely... Face it, you don't like to fly. So I'm no bird, okay? I mean, is that such a crime? <laughs> Imagine that. An aircraft mechanic that hates to fly. Aha. Very funny, Cat. Well, it won't be so funny when we get to Crescent Cove and find out this whole thing has been a wild goose chase. Look. Look here at Crescent Cove. It's just a dot on the map. And it's a real small dot at that. I mean, there's nothing but two other small dots around it. Let's see. What's this one to the south? San Luis Obispo. I've never heard of it. And it's 35 miles away from Crescent Cove. And the other small dot about 20 miles north? Ah, some place called San Simon. Yeah, it would be San Simeon, Flaps. Ah, I've never heard of that either. Maybe you've heard of William Randolph Hearst? Hearst? That newspaper guy? Well, I suppose you could call the man who owns half the papers in the country the newspaper guy. He just so happens to be building a mansion in San Simeon. Don't you remember? We saw it on a newsreel not too long ago. Ah, back to the subject. We're gonna be in the middle of nowhere. How am I gonna get parts for this plane way out nowhere? Pony Express? And another thing. I'm worried about that number two engine. It just doesn't sound right to me. You know this bird is not going back up until I've checked her nose to tail. Can't let her go up? What about me? I've had barely nine hours sleep in the last three days. I've been flying for almost You eight- call this flying? <laughs> Uh, you just wait till we get on the ground, Flaps. You just wait. Jeez, Cap! That lightning nearly fried us! I'll say. I thought California was supposed to be the sunshine state. Uh, I think that's Florida. You know what? 
I think I'll get a little altitude. Try to fly over the storm. Well, anyway, the map says our present course puts us a little further north now. Besides, I think this is part of that storm they warned us about when we stopped to refuel back in Salt Lake. Well, we shouldn't get too much of this before we reach Crescent Cove. With any luck, we'll find Mercury Field under good weather. Ah, here we go. Looks like our ETA is... about an hour. how much money we could have made? Now, now, Cap. I was just looking out for you. Oh, yeah. I got a question for you, then. Who were you looking out for when you got the sheriff drunk? The man couldn't hold his liquor. I mean, is that my fault? And then he loses his police car to you in a poker game. But I didn't <laughs> keep it. No, but you hit it. <laughs> what is it with you and hiding things? I mean, how do you hide a plane? <laughs> <laughs> and a car. Yeah, and a car. A cop car. <laughs> <laughs> They're her only cop car. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the look on his face? <laughs> Wait. 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 Shh. Listen. Shut down number two, quick. Shut down number two. She's all fouled up. Mercury Field, this is Bravo Ranger 259, Hudson Air Cargo. Do you read me? Over. That's it. We lost her. Increasing power on number one. Mercury Field, this is Hudson Air Cargo. Do you read? Over. Flaps. Go aft. Check it out, would you? I don't want anything busting loose if we come in rough. Right away, Cap. Mercury Field, this is Bravo Ranger 259, Hudson Air Cargo. Do you read me? Over. She's all secure, Cap. Swell. Now hightail it back up here. I'm going to need your help. Hudson Air, this is Mercury Field. We read you. What is your heading? Over. Sounds like we've made contact. That we have. Heading 135, Mercury Field. I am declaring an emergency. Over. We read you, Hudson Air. What is the nature of your emergency? Over. I lost my number two engine. Request an emergency approach. Over. Roger, Hudson Air. Assume heading 265 after the outer marker. What is your ETA? Less than 10 miles. ETA approximately six minutes. We'll contact again when field is in sight. Over. We are alerting emergency units to assist, Hudson Air. Over. Roger, Mercury Field. We'll try not to give them too much to do this morning. Over. Laps, I'll need you to call out altitude and airspeed for me. I'm gonna have my hands full keeping the wings level on approach. Okay, Cap. Airspeed is 110. 105. Holding at 105. Altitude, 1,100 feet, 1,950. Good, good. Keep it coming. Hudson Air to Mercury Field. We have you in sight. Request instructions for final. Over. Roger, Hudson Air. We see you from the tower. Adjust heading to 190. Crosswind from the southeast at 5 knots. Gusts up to 15. You are clear to land. Runway number 2. Roger and Wilco, Mercury Field. See you when we get down. First round's on me. Over. Affirmative, Hudson Air. Good luck. Thanks, Mercury Field. Hydraulics ready? The pressure is green. Gear down. Give me some numbers, Flaps. One minute to the field. 200 feet. Airspeed 95. I gotta tell you, Cap, this is why I hate flying. Take it easy, Flaps. We've been through worse than this. We'll be fine. This is 
long as we don't catch a gust across our starboard wing. Make sure you're buckled up tight. That's the runway just ahead. Now stay in the ball game, Flaps. Speed and altitude. Flaps, if you're not too busy. Flaps. Huh? Speed and altitude. Oh yeah, okay. Altitude 150 feet. Airspeed 90. Okay, bring the flaps back a quarter. Back one quarter. We're doing just fine. I can just keep her level. Okay, nice and easy. Here we go. Looking good. Looking good. Speed 87. Careful. With one engine out, she'll stall at 77 knots, Cap. Easy, does it? 50 feet. Airspeed back to 85. Full flaps now. Full flaps. Is that the ground I see coming at us? Please, Cap. I never meant anything bad I said about you or this beautiful aircraft. Piece of cake. We're on the ground. Great job, Hudson Air. Make sure you check in with the flight office by 5 p.m. Over. Flight office by 5 p.m. Roger. Welcome to Crescent Cove, California. Mercury Field, over and out. Hudson Air, over and out. Oh, well, you want to get out and stretch? That's the best thing I've heard all day. All right, and uh, as I said, that was the first half of more or less the first disc of uh, Captain Hudson, The Lost Minds of Paradise, a piece by uh, Audio Cinema Entertainment out of California. And we'll be having a second half of that disc next week. Um, that will then go on to um, the rest uh, and if you want to hear more after that is all done, you actually may have to go out and buy it. It's a $30 piece, a uh, really great, uh, like I said, epic-sized story, uh, CaptainHudson.com, to learn more, all kinds of great info up there as well. We will also be talking to Tim Knopfler. He is the producer um, and also one of the co-writers of this series and uh, hearing about uh, how this uh, series came together, as well as uh, what they're planning for in the future. So stay tuned for that. And also check out the uh, Radio Drama Revival blog, radiodramarevival.com. In addition, of course, to always uh, the ability to subscribe to the blog and podcast and download previous episodes, we have some great special content being produced by Chris Duker this week. Um, He attended the, oh gosh, I'll get this wrong, the Gion Matsuri uh, Festival in Japan. Um, Long story short, uh, the Gion Matsuri is an annual festival in uh, Kyoto, Japan, and I'm not quite sure if I know all the reasons uh, for that particular festival, but it is quite a big thing uh, with great huge floats and uh, celebrations, all of that. Um, He's going to have some photos up on the blog as well as uh, audio um, recorded with binaural microphones, so it's what he calls uh, audio tourism. Um, kind of an experience of going and attending that event. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, of course, best if you have uh, headphones to listen to it on. Be sure to check that out at radiodramarevival.com. And I think that about wraps it up for this time around. Uh, until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.